What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 27 of Money, Power, and Influence. I'm BC. I'm here with my co-host, Arash Zapar Dibazar. We are coming at you with another lively, jam-packed episode to help you guys with your business and your life. Um, I wanted to ask you, brother, we haven't talked in a while. How's everything? Obviously, I see that you got your Maserati. Congratulations. That's one sexy, sexy car. Yeah, brother, I just got it yesterday. Uh, Things are good. Things are really good. Things are fast. Um, It's like the eye of the storm, you know what I mean? As long as you keep yourself as the center of the storm and you can not get caught up in the noise, it's okay. So I think that's something people may not understand. Everybody's kind of looking for that peace, you know, Uh, peace as in P-E-A-C-E. They're trying to, everything calm, everything peaceful. Well, guess what? That's not what success looks like at all. You know, success has so much movement, so much speed, so much turbulence because you're constantly uh, gaining new territory. You know, any, let's say, as an analogy, any conqueror from ancient times, if he sat in his house or in his castle and said, well, you know, it's good enough, it would just be a matter of time before he got conquered by somebody else. But the ones that, you know, let's say Alexander, you know, the Khan, uh, all these people, the ones that history remembers are the ones who took on new territory all the time. When we take on new territory, it's not an easy task. You have to be brave. There's danger. But the rewards are worth it. So um, in relation to the success that I'm having, there's a lot of noise, a lot of fucking noise. Uh, but I'm learning how to um, handle it from a new perspective. So it's, it's pretty fucking cool. And uh, what about you? Love it, brother. Completely agree. That's something I've talked about before, too, uh, to my uh, team about the eye of the storm. I love that. Um, everything is great, man. I just uh, f- officially signed everything over the weekend for the Lamborghini. It's been uh, it's funny that you say as you grow and expand, you run into more turmoil and, and resistance and those kind of things. And even just the process of not only doing the paperwork, but also the insurance and everything else on this car is just at a different level. It takes time. The insurance company that I was insuring my other cars with didn't insure a Lamborghini, so I had to call another one, and it was just, it was really um, an interesting process, and as much as I was getting a little upset, I said, well, you know, at, at the end of this is the grand prize of a Lamborghini, so I think I can take this uh, in stride, and it's been uh, it's been exciting, man, you know, with the new office and everything expanding as well, um, so I, I wanted to touch on something, though, and then I wanted to pass it to you, because uh, this really stuck out to me. I, I was on the phone yesterday, I believe, or the day before. I think it was the day before. And I'm talking to one of the reps from the insurance company. And, of course, they ask you, you know, what car are you going to insure? And I said, you know, 2015 Lamborghini. And the guy, you know, starts kind of like, oh, wow, really? And he talks to me. And then he said something at the end that I I had to stop him and correct him. He said, lucky you, sir, lucky you. I said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hold on a second, brother. I was like, did you just say lucky me? And he said, yes. I said, look, listen to this, man. I was like, please don't belittle my success, my hard work, and everything I've been through to get this car. You can congratulate me all you want, but to label it as lucky is disrespectful. And I talked to him for a little bit after that. But uh, I want to get your your take on that, Arash, because I personally laugh when I hear that. I mean, I hear it all the fucking time. Oh, dude, you got lucky and this and that. And I know what I've been through from, you know, our friendship. I know a lot of what you've done, and it definitely has something to do with luck. Uh, people will try to say things like, well, 
you happen to be at the right place at the right time. And I'm like, well, if I am at the right place at the right time, it's because I put myself there, right? It was my own effort and my own strategy and skill and everything else that put me in that spot to receive that opportunity. So it's still, even with that, is flawed and has nothing to do with luck. And I wanted to pass it to you, brother, because I think your answer to that will definitely uh, open up people's minds a little bit when it comes to people, quote, getting lucky. Yeah, you know, I love I love the 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 sheep mentality, uh, you know, because we were eating. I was just telling the story. We were eating at a restaurant, a very nice restaurant, an Italian restaurant, and one of my friends is an NFL superstar. And the restaurant owner came and sat down with us. And I was with him, and I was with a guy who had actually built uh, the restaurant next door. I just met him, and I was with another guy who was a radio personality. So this is a cool crowd. You know, I didn't know the other two. I knew my friend. He invited me. We went to dinner. He was leaving town. And uh, then the the restaurant owner came and sat down. And the first thing he said when he sat down, he points to my friend who's uh, who's an NFL star. And he said, you know, and he said me out loud, you know, I really like this guy. He's like Italian. I really like this guy. Not, not because he's in the NFL. I like him because he's a good guy. I don't care. I don't care if he's in the NFL. And, and I stopped him, you know. And I'm much younger than the guy. But very respectfully, I said, well, sir, let me explain to you. When I met him, the first thing I told him, I said, he's a very good friend of mine now. What the first thing I told him is, I recognize that you're a superstar. I recognize your success. I know how many men would like to be you. And I just want to put that out there that I get it. And uh, I even told him uh, when we first were hanging out, because he would call me. I would never call him and say this hang out. And one time we were eating. And he was like, so, you know, what have you been up to? How come you didn't invite me? I said, bro, because you have more status than I do. I said, I'm not, I don't want to keep, hey, you want to go out? Hey, you want to go eat? Hey, I said, that's just weird, right? I said, let me get to a point where we can match on that level. Then it's different. I said, right now I feel like you, you're obviously more known than I am. And you have more success than I do. And I said to the guy, I said, look, to me it actually matters that he is an NFL superstar. It matters a lot. I said, it also matters that he's a good guy. That's why we became close friends. I said, but, sir, this is your restaurant. You know, uh, let's call the restaurant Jack's. And uh, I said, this is Jack's restaurant. You are Jack. I go here. We all respect you greatly because you put a lot of work here. None of us come in a restaurant like this. I said, so nobody's equal here. Nobody. And he is a great guy. I go, but it's also really important to recognize the position that he put himself in by working as hard as he did. How many people want to be NFL professional football players playing for nine fucking years on the team, you know? And the guy got it, got it, right? And so here, that's the example of going up to my friend and saying, you're so lucky to play in the NFL. Are you fucking kidding me? Going to Floyd Mayweather and say, dude, you're lucky. You know, you have like whatever. You're worth a billion or something. I don't know what the fuck he's worth, but you're getting $700 million for this fight. He's like, lucky? Like, lucky? You really fucking think I got lucky in this thing? And so it's as absurd when people come and, and, and see what, what little, little level of success is here and say lucky. But then I realize that they are speaking unconsciously. They just don't have a better way of speaking. It's, it's their communication that's fucked up most of the time. So when you correct them, you say, hold on, man. Very, very few people will ever disagree with that. What I get a lot is, so lucky you have all these women. You're so lucky. I'm like, lucky? Are you fucking kidding me? You try to get one woman and tell me what that fucking entails, right? There's no fucking luck here. This is the, this is the, the highest level skill that you could possibly see. And there ain't no fucking luck in this thing. So I get it. It pisses me off. But now I understand. 
just means like, yeah, wow, you know, because when you tell him, no one argues with me. No one says, no, fuck that. You got lucky, right? And so if you think someone says you're in the right place at the right time, then there's just this old quote that the harder you work, the luckier you get. And that's the truth. You know what I mean? There's a lot more opportunities if I go out every fucking day to meet women versus someone goes out once a week or once a month, then maybe I get really lucky because I keep seeing beautiful women everywhere. <laughs> but really, I'm actually out every fucking day, so my chances are increasing. So I think it's just a, uh, the way the sheep talk, and I think that they should correct it. And uh, not only that, they should be educated in that our people, the people that are listening to us, should never use the word luck. Like, the luck, what does that even fucking mean, you know? It, it's like, it's, it's a language of the weak. It's a language of people who are the effect of life, not the cause of life, you know? And, and by the way, I get the whole car thing, you know? They almost, almost didn't get the Maserati. The bank was trying to stop me. I was like, what the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, I couldn't even believe it. I spent three hours, three and a half hours in the dealership with, with the money, ready to go. And the bank didn't approve. And they wanted this, they wanted that. And I'm like, oh, what, what else do you fucking need here? Now I want fucking four years of tax returns. I'm like, look, four years ago, I didn't have money. <laughs> I didn't have money four years ago. I have money. And I can, I can buy, I can cash this car out right now. So I, I'm just trying to get a fucking car. So I left, really fucking pissed off, actually. And the video that you see when I go in there and I'm dropping the money in front of them, that was literally when I walked in. You know, and, and I just walked in and I dropped the money in front of him and I said, give me my car. Because I asked him, I said, okay, how much do we have to increase this, this down payment? You know, and they fucking tripled it. I said, okay, fine. No problem. I didn't say anything. I just showed up the next day with them cash in my hand. So it was very interesting that, that here I am trying to buy a car. The dealer's trying to sell a car. And you would think the bank is trying to make money by giving a loan. And yet, <laughs> yet I'm being stopped. I'm like, what the fuck? This is the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. Aren't we all like, Trying to do the same thing here. All right, that's it. Love it, man. And I can totally relate uh, when I, because I originally had started my quest for the Lamborghini probably two or three months ago. Similar to you, I just walked in with a lot of cash and said, "All right, man, I can, uh, I can get this thing. Let's get rolling." And all the resistance I was getting too, I was almost sitting there like, "What the hell is going on, man? The the bank wants to loan people who have good credit and money. I have good credit and money. It makes sense. Let, let let's put this deal together." And I actually lost out on another car about a month ago for that very reason. And finally, this time, you know, through my connections in the car industry, I found out who was the best people to talk to about this and that. And through meeting the right people, then I was able to do everything smoothly. This last one was just very quick. You know, I found the car, got an inspection on it. I already had the approval from the finance company, done and done. I mean, I ended up in total probably putting between the equity in my GTR and uh, the the cashier's check that I cut, I probably put almost 50% down on the Lamborghini. And for all of you who don't know how much a Lamborghini Huracan costs, I invite you to go on Google right now and look it up so you can kind of see what kind of a dollar amount we're talking about here. So uh, it's funny, man. You know, a lot of the stuff you bring up, what you're going through, what I'm going through, I just uh, I always smile because a lot of it's so similar, dude, and I can picture myself in those same moments when you're describing them too. Here's one thing I want to touch on, Arash, and I've been saying this to people lately, and uh, – I know you'll be able to relate, and you'll definitely drop some, some knowledge on us. And I, I want to touch on this lightly because people still, because of the way they're brought up, the sheep mentality, like we call it, and everything else, they can't grasp it, accept it, and move with it, right? And I've been telling people, look, like somebody will come up to me and come up with a question. You know, I get a billion a day just like you do too, and I tell people, look, man, 
you have to you have to be a little crazy. You have to be nuts because when you go this route of of being an entrepreneur, being a business person, wanting to be phenomenal at communication, persuading people, seducing, and doing all these things that are labeled as oh impossible or you're not supposed to do that, you have to be nuts. I tell people I'm I'm not. And I love when I would hear you say it, man, when I first <clears throat> found you about not being human and, and things like that. Before I found you and, and some of the other figures like Vince, I was literally sitting there saying, man, like, am I alone in this thing? Like, what's going on? Why do I feel like I'm literally from a different planet and everybody around me is just, like, so small-minded, so weak, so not full of drive and testosterone? Why do I feel like me being competitive and going after what I want and defying the odds is so, like, one in a million? And, you know, when I was younger and before – meeting you guys, I, I didn't understand that anomaly. Like, we are literally the 1%. I, I didn't grasp that yet. So I thought a lot of people were just, uh, you know, I thought I was crazy. You know, people were starting to tell me, but in a bad way, right? Now I embrace that word and I use it to be ferocious. And that's just the way I look at everything day to day because I get the messages like, bro, how are you operating on that level? How are you doing this? you got a new office. you got a new car. Like, how? Like, how are you doing that all, like, so quickly? And... I tell people, look, because that same energy that you reject and resist, I embrace and I run with it. I want to be labeled uh, crazy. I want to be labeled, quote, delusional. Dude, I just spoke with a guy who's on national TV on stage last month. Three years ago, I remember telling people, I'm going to be on the stage with that dude. Within the next couple of years, you motherfuckers watch. I will be shoulder to shoulder with him, speaking with him, and held in that same light. And I was literally laughed at. I said, okay, watch. The time is ticking. It's only a matter of time. And boom, you fast forward less than three years later, boom, I'm sharing the stage with him. And I will again in the future, which is actually already in the works. Right? We're being approached by, uh, you know, Bravo, which is a big network to do a show. Now, did we get it? Yes? No? I don't know yet. But see, I'm already doing things that at the time when I had the idea, which wasn't long ago, a couple of years ago, I was being labeled as crazy. And where the average person would shrink and be like, you know what, maybe I am crazy. I said, fuck yeah, I'm crazy. I'm crazy enough to get there and make it, and I'm going to do whatever the fuck it takes. So I want to pass it to you, Arash, because, um, you know, I really resonated with you on that when I first started watching with you and as our relationship grew because you move on that level, too, of just, like, absolute ferocity. And um, I wanted to see kind of what your view and perspective was on it and kind of uh, where you're coming from when you do the level of action that you're doing because I know, even for me, I look at you and I'm like, wow, this guy's moving and shaking quick. And there's very few people who do it um, on that level. This is in regards to just moving fast and just making shit happen? Is that, is that... Yeah. We know that for you to, to move the way you're moving right now, to the average person, the sheep, they're going to be like, what the hell, how is that possible? Because even I'm getting messages like that. So I know we operate on a different level. So I know the audience... For me, from my answers, always gets my perspective. I would love to hear your perspective on that because uh, I know we all kind of operate on different levels and under different principles, and I know what you do. I'm sure you have your ways, or maybe you can describe one or two things that are connected with that, that just that absolute ferocity that you have in your movement through the world that somebody mm-hmm. can relate to. Who's yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's like I say, I hear that if sharks stop swimming, they die. I don't know if it's true. I mean, we just got to take the word from the scientists, I guess. But I think if a rock fucking stops moving, he dies. That's how I feel. The more success comes, the more I, I'm driven to succeed. You know, like, there was a drive there when I couldn't eat, when I had no money to eat. There was a drive there. There was a drive there when I had 
no women. I mean, nobody would even fucking talk to me. I didn't even know how to fucking speak the language, and I was getting beat up. There was a drive there when I was beat up in every country that I was a refugee in the United States, and even beat up in the United States. And those drives were just to eat, just to survive, and just to say fucking hi to a woman so that she could maybe say hi to me. And now, you know, I, I'm at a at a level in those same categories where on a worldwide scale, it is the 1% of those categories. So for me, I never want to go back to that. Like, I'm afraid to go back to that, dude. I'm, hold on, let me, let me just be clear. I'm willing to, if shit happens and I'm back to square one, fuck it. But I'll build it even faster this time. So I'm, I'm totally willing to, just so it's known. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, no, fuck this, here I go again. But it reminds me of a Mike Tyson story. They asked Mike Tyson when he was knocking everybody out for a while. It's like Mike Tyson was untouchable, the boxer. And they said, what goes through your head when you face your opponent in the beginning? He said, I came from a very, very bad condition. I remember what it was like growing up. When I stepped in that ring, I think to myself, I'm never going back to that. And the man in front of me, he has to kill me. Or I'm going to beat him. Because if he beats me, I have to go back to that. And he goes, so the person better kill me because I'm not stopping. And then that, when you see that, then it makes sense why you bit Evander Holyfield's ear off. Like, Jesus, right? The mentality was, I'm not going back. And, of course, by then he was a multimillionaire, but the mentality stays. And so I feel a very similar feeling to it. I've had haters from day one. From day one. I, I was born into a life of haters. And I know how it affected me when I was broke, couldn't fight, and didn't have people around me. And I see that there are still haters. But, boy, I'm telling you, I am not going back to that condition. You know, people don't understand, like, an enormous part of my drive. I mean, it's so big that it kind of trips me out. An enormous part of my drive is just smashing on my haters and putting up those videos and those pictures in my car. I mean, do I really need to fucking do what am I like? What am I doing? What am I really doing? I'm just telling them, fuck you, fuck you. And that may sound vengeful, revengeful, all whatever fucking labels you want to put on it. But let me tell you what it's, what it, what it does for me. It feels fucking good. Real fucking good. It is the drug of choice for me to have that moment, and I knew that moment was coming. You see, I just knew, I, I was aware that this was going to happen. So that drives me. It drives me to think that so many people didn't believe and tried to stop me, and here I am, and now I have the ability to upload pictures and videos on social media, and people look at it like, wow, what a fucking privilege to be in 2017 and me. You know, where I don't have to, like, fucking be in Socrates' time and walk around and try to tell people what I did. Mm-hmm. All i got to do is put up a picture and video and thousands of people see it. I fucking love that. And I can't stop for that reason. So an enormous part of my drive is that. God, I've even stayed in relationships in the past just for the sole goddamn fucking purpose, knowing that some people wanted me broken up. I mean, that's crazy, but it's not to me. It drives me. You know, I, I, I've been driven by the pain in my life. And so now I don't want to go back to that. I never want to go back to that. Um, 
my dad, you know, he didn't know I lived in Maserati, so I came to his office. I said, Dad, I want, I want you to see something. And he came out, and I showed him the car. He said, a Maserati? I said, yeah, please sit in it and drive it. He's like, oh, now I'm working right now. And then he sat in it, turned on the car, and it's like 380 horsepower or some shit, and it, it roars, man. It's got like a, it's got a lion sound when you press the sport. You know? And he sat in he came out, he goes, it's so beautiful. And then he has a, an employee, you know, a lady that works there. And he said, let's go show her. <laughs> and she came out, and and I had her, uh, he goes, you got to see my son's car. So we walked out, and I pointed out a, and a, a new Corolla was there. I said, look, here's my, here's my car. And she was like, oh, it's so nice. And he was like, no, 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 no. He was like, oh, said, right? And we walked with him. I said, no, there's the Acura. And he's like, no, show her the car. And then there was a truck. I said, I've always wanted a truck to be able to And he's like, stop playing, you know. And I, it was so important for him. You know, he's 75 years old. And he's seen me go through all this. And, and you know, whatever. Long story short, let me, let me shorten the story. And finally, she, sees him, she goes, Maserati. And I said, sit in it. And I shut the door and turned on the car. And she came out. And she was just blown away and she goes you deserve it and this and that and I looked at her I said look and I put it to my dad I said this man right here has showed me how to work very hard it's because of him that I know what hard work means and you should have seen my dad glow bro in that moment like he was just like whoa right what a moment for me fucking beautiful you know so oh look at this I mean it's just a great conversation to have who doesn't want who doesn't want um, experiences like this. And you're only going to get experiences like this if you fucking hustle. <laughs> fucking hustle hard. I thought I've been talking for like 30 minutes, so I'll just stop now. Love it, man. Love it. There's a, there's a lot of key points I hope you guys took from that. One of them that, that really stuck out to me was uh, you mentioned that, you know, if we were in a position, if you were in a position where you lost everything, you know, you would build it back faster. And I want to touch on that real quick, guys, because you that shows his level of non-attachment and at the same time confidence in himself that if he was to lose everything for whatever reason, he can get it back. And I tell that to people all the time who are watching. I'm like, dude, if I lost everything, I, I could get it back faster and I would actually get more because we've already been through the trenches. We've already done what it takes to get there. And in that process, even though I, I feel the same way, Arash, about like, you know what, I never want to go back. And that's a big uh, portion of my motivation too we know we could if we had to right and just having that knowingness in you that allows you to move through this world and through business and everything else on a different level so i, I think that was beautiful man and the moment you described with your father man uh i'm just looking forward to pulling up uh my dad's house with a lamborghini and what that's going to be like man so i'm excited for that hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah on that one cool so we have a question i see we have somebody who raised their hand from Florida. Go ahead. You're unmuted. Hey, guys. It's Chris. And I was curious. I had recently some business advice uh, from a guy that, you know, I thought he had something to say, you know, it was, but I wanted your take on uh, he was recommending that I focus on selling one thing. Um, you know, in, I'm in the yoga business and there's four or five subjects that I'm very, very competent on. And I regularly teach uh, events on these subjects. Um, but his advice was, you know, I'm spreading myself thin and really for the, like, the next year or so, focus on uh, that one uh, thing. And so I was curious your take on, you know, because that's basically the question. Um, <clears throat> let's see. I'll jump on first and then I'll pass it to Arash. Well, from my experience, Chris, um, great question, by the way. I know people like options, right? Now, if you're only good at one thing, focus on that one thing, of course. However, if you have a skill set, right? And you know that if you offer multiple options, people are going to be able to 
I'm trying to structure it the right way. Look, when I meet with people, I'll just give you an example from my world. When I meet with somebody, a lot of the times, if I just present one way, if that one way or that one method or one thing doesn't resonate with them as much, it already creates like this barrier, right? So I've tested just one versus options, and I can tell you, when I give people multiple options, like two, three, four, obviously you want to keep it within control. I, I recommend a good number is three, three options. It gives people a sense of being in control and also, hey, you know, I have some things to choose here. If it's too narrow, I feel like sometimes it can close the door and you may lose out on a possible client. Arash? Okay, this is interesting because when I started to teach pickup, I was at home. I remember I went to my parents' house and I said to them, okay, I've decided I'm actually going to teach pickup and seduction. And my dad looked at me and said, you know what your problem is? <laughs> and I was like, well, what, Dad? But I'm, I'm sure you'll tell me because that's all you told me my whole fucking life is one of my fucking problems was. He says, you spread yourself too thin. Almost exact words, but in Farsi. He said, you're doing too many things. Focus on one thing. And I said, listen, Dad, although it looks like I'm doing so many things, it's actually the same thing I'm doing. I said, if you saw a tree and there was a bunch of branches, you wouldn't go, there's a bunch of fucking different trees. One tree, same roots. I said, so when I'm teaching martial arts or if I teach pickup or if I do this or do that, to you it looks like it's different things. It's the same subject. I'm teaching the same fucking subject to everybody. And he said, no, no, you just need to focus on one thing, okay? Now, look, at 13 years old, at 13 years old, I started, I got hired at 13 years old. At $3.75 was uh, minimum wage. I was the youngest guy and only guy under black belt in Taekwondo Association at that time that was paid. And I remember it was a big deal. They had like, these meetings and shit. Since 13, I've been working every fucking day. I'm 40. Martial arts has never stopped. I've never, got, I've never stopped getting paid for martial arts since I was 13 years old. So that makes it 27 years I've been getting paid for martial arts, okay? Let's stop right there. I've been teaching pickup for about nine years or so, getting paid for about eight or nine years, okay? September of last year, I had a fallout with a guy who ran my um, IMC gym in San Diego. And it was a shock to my system because I had seen women betraying me left and right, but not men not men who said I changed their lives, not men who swore up and down worldwide that I was the reason why their son was okay and shit like that. And it just was, I was like, well, so I sat down and I said, okay, I need to create something that counts on me only. All these people could leave me one day. And I'm going to be a millionaire in a very short amount of time. In two days, I created the Diamond Mind program. With the Diamond Mind program, then realized, now it's time for me to do boot camps, which I did. Then I told Vince, I'm coming every fucking month, and I'm doing something over there. In about a year and a little bit of time, I became a millionaire. If I had listened to any of that bullshit advice, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. And currently, my mind is constantly thinking on the next thing. I want to create as much as I can, because it's the same route. So whatever that guy says, that's great. But I don't know, I personally don't know any very, very rich man unless he was in stock. 
but I don't know a very, very rich man who just has one income source or one way of getting money. So my recommendation is do everything uh, to your abilities, you know, and uh, maybe you're not capable of doing that. I don't know. I am, right? So if, if we're similar in that way and if you feel like you can do it, then fucking do it and fuck what they say. Fuck what he says. You need to focus on one thing. Okay, cool. Thank you. How about you focus on my dick? Tell him. And I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Bob, thank you. Cool. So uh, I think this is a good place to end it, Arash. I'll pass it to you to do any final words or plugs, and then we'll we'll end it. So disappointed. I just flexed my bicep for a beautiful woman laying next to me, and she just looked at me. Right? It's so bad. <laughs> you see her. Okay, um, plugs. Well, shit, I talked about my Diamond Mind program. It's a daily coaching program. You know, I did a video today on it, and I was looking at the, at the, at the time as I was making the video, and two minutes and 30 seconds into the video, it was 2.31, I remember, I was about to end the video because it was so powerful. And then I thought, dude, <laughs> I really can't just do a two-minute, two 30-minute, 30-second video. i got to extend it. So then I just reiterated on what I said in five, six different ways to get the point home, right? And I made it around six minutes, which is what I do, six to ten-minute video on that. But it's so powerful, this program. People hit me up every fucking day. Tonight, I'm going live online. And how many people say, how do I get multiple girlfriends? How do I become successful? How you don't give a fuck? How are you so brave? And I say, starts with diamond mind. Starts with diamond mind. First, you have to have the basics of your mind and communication. And I'm teaching that shit. And earlier, I was hanging out with a woman who was here. And I said to her, hey, by chance, are you on diamond mind? She goes, yeah. I said, oh, shit, I had no idea. I mean, I just kind of threw that out, right? I said, when did you sign up? She goes, this month. I said, how is it? She goes, it's blowing my mind. I said, you know, you're missing September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June. I go, can you imagine how much you're missing now? And her eyes, you know. I said, because you're just telling me just in July it's blowing your mind. You're missing like 150 videos on that subject. So everybody go to Arash, Zapar, Z-P-A-R, dot com. It's $97 a month. Learn to invest in yourself. The most successful people invest in themselves. I am that guy. I still invest in myself. I know PC does the same fucking thing. One of my friends who is a landscaping company, and he's actually one of my students, and now he's one of my good friends. And um, he's becoming very successful. Well, shout out to Tigran. Look at Tigran. Look up Tigran. And, uh, you know, he just paid a shitload of money to go watch Grant Cardone. Shout out to Grant Cardone. He went over the weekend, and I spoke to him yesterday. So I was like, man, it was fucking amazing. And he's, like, even more motivated. He, he bought a first-class ticket on a plane, went over there, spent a shitload of money, right? And you'll be like, well, why does he do that? He's already successful. He's got his own company. He's making, like, you know, thousand, thousand, thousand dollars. But that's why. Because he understands you invest in yourself. So it's my Diamond Mind program. And then if you're hearing this before August 2nd, August 2nd, my product is uh, releasing called Supernatural. Unleash the force of nature within you, and for 24 hours, 27 bucks, okay? Those are the things I'm going to plug. Awesome. Well, as always, thank you guys for coming, and every Wednesday, 5.15 Pacific Standard Time, you'll catch us on here, and we'll see you on the next episode.